Welcome, perverts. Our hiatus has passed. Vacations are done. We're back. Uh, we're back. We're normal we're back. again. How are you? Normal. How are you doing, Dag? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds sounds like there's some some hurt behind those eyes. Well. You know the tr- <laughs> you know the realities of my my existence. I am Dag, and I have to uh, talk to me every day of my life. Uh, so unfortunately, I I see me every day. But I'm doing all right. It's uh, it's been about a month since we've since we've talked to you guys, to you folks. Yeah. Um, but you know, some life happened in between. We had some loss. We had some travels. Uh, we had some. Uh, uh, unravels, but we're here. We're back. We're working on it. We are. We're working on it. We're still alive. We you can't kill us. We've <laughs> we mostly tried. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I had a vacation and uh, and then did some more traveling. Not not so much uh, vacation time, but uh, yeah, I got back. Uh, did some did some rally cross with the wonderful people about motorsports how'd last you, weekend. How'd you place? I just missed the podium. I was fourth. Oh, I no. uh, I'm gonna blame it on the fact that uh, my first heat it was raining, and the, the uh, second group that went out after me had a more dry course. Mm. So. Uh, I did not really have proper tires rallying. It was uh You're on your summer. You're on your summers. Yeah, well, I don't have any other tires. Yeah, that's fair. I was we uh our friend uh Evan uh who uh is a member, he brought his uh his mobile uh tire station that he just started a business for. Uh he drove it down from Philly and he was offering anybody who wanted tires mounted uh, he would mount them for uh, for twenty for twenty percent over cost of the tire, and I really wanted to take him up on the deal, but I'm just like so cash poor with all of my mm-hmm. all of my Miata adventures that I was like, man, I just I, I can't swing it or justify like buying mm. wheels and tires, uh, knowing <laughs> that it's like strictly for that event. Like yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, I'll use the yeah. winners eventually. Like I need to buy them, but I'm like. Well, I gotta just wait until I mean, October. You probably don't need winners in the period that they would start dry rotting within like five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, would use them I, for I rally say, stuff, but I will say uh, the new Corolla. I drove that out there, and I'm gonna be really like, <laughs> it's definitely gonna be a letdown to go back to the other cars out there when I start doing rally cross around town. Uh, because it it was just so much better at it, <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, I I want to keep it alive uh, longer. So uh, probably gonna draft the Miata into duty for a little while while I work on the CRX. So mm. so yeah, you're right. I did not need the winter tires. I was strictly gonna pay pay to win with them, <laughs> and uh, and I I didn't swing it. But but uh, other other than the first run, yeah, I performed pretty well. It was pretty dry, so it was more you know, it was like driving on slidey pavement. Yeah. So uh I did pretty well. I uh did place first I had the top overall time uh one time, so I got that. Uh I 
was was competing against a uh, BMW X5 that two guys had rented, and they were driving it like uh, they were uh, on PCP. Uh, <laughs> the cops were chasing them, uh, and one of them actually almost flipped it. Uh, it was, uh, but he debeated a tire off of that. So, uh, so yeah. So you know, we were joking that they need to class it. Uh, next time uh as not not by power numbers which is what they usually do uh but they need to class it uh by uh are you driving the car home uh afterwards yeah. or, or or uh do you post pictures of this to instagram uh, to to look nice uh so cuz you know you obviously i obviously had it dialed back an inch or so uh because i didn't want to be paying for a third bumper uh, yeah. on the GR. So, so yeah, but it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. It's a, uh, it's always fun to do rally cross. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's pretty, pretty cheap to get into and you can, uh, it's, it's not very destructive on your car, despite like what I've been saying. We just had kind of a weird spot that, that did take, uh, take some, uh, it, it did take some chunks of flesh, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's great. It's like, Usually the events are like fifty bucks, and and it's a lot of fun to drive on the dirt. Uh, so, nice. so I did enjoy that. Yeah, it's always good. It, the weather's getting nicer. I finally got around to fertilizing the bonsai. So, oh yeah, did that today, and I'm co- covered in pollen, and my my uh, skin itch is really bad. It's, yeah, but, it's been uh, it's been raining here, which is great. Um, it did get yeah. warm last night, but. Of course, rain means that it's just kicking up all of the pollen. Uh, yeah. So for those of us that suffer and pay the Walgreens and CVS for allergy medicine, it is that time. We're here. Yeah. Dude, I can't believe how expensive fucking allergy medicine is. It's, every time I go down there, it never there, seems like, like it works believe. either. But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it frequently does not seem like it works, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is good. It's good to. Uh, I, I know I was talking about how the weather was kind of conspiring against me, and it still is a bit. But it is it is getting nicer. So like, I'm I'm glad to be getting getting out and uh, and possibly tackling a couple of projects before it becomes so yeah. fucking hot that been, you don't want to be outside. I've just been disappointed that it's just been every time that it's nice, it's just so wet, either snow melt or rain or whatever here. So I really need to get some disc golf rounds in before I go down to Kentucky and have a disc golf weekend here in, uh, two weekends. But yeah, it's, uh, it's hard. It's wet. It's muddy. It's rainy. It's snowy. It's like no, no in between, but it's been really nice and beautiful here. Hopefully my daffodils will pop yeah. soon and we'll be very happy. We already had daffodil season. It's yeah. mine are, mine Maryland bloomed and gone. Maryland was slamming. I was told by um, my the nephew's friend's father Wade. He said that if you see yellow daffodils it around a house, it means that they were a Sears customer. Those were oh. those Sears sent those out with the mail order catalog, um, and they did oh. notice that all over all over Maryland, DC runoff there were yellow daffodils everywhere, um, but they were really slamming. Oh. Mine are just like getting to where they can start flowering. Fingers yeah. crossed. Well, if it, 
if it's if it's yellow, let it mellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't flush your daffodils. You know, Keep them right. around. Keep them um, around. What was I gonna say? I, I, uh, oh, um, yeah. Talking about you know getting you know getting behind on practice or whatever. I uh, think I was talking about with somebody in the in guitar chat uh, about how I've been kind of like getting lazy with practicing. So I did I did start that again today after talking on, about on guitar. That. I pulled, pulled, no, I pulled out the accordion. Oh, okay. I've given up on the guitar. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I pulled out the accordion. I have I have these lesson books that I ordered from France that are like really good. Um, and I start working through them, and then I and then I, I don't keep up with it. So I'm going to try and at least finish one of these books, hopefully this month or so. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's fun to play it. You know, it sounds cool. Um, so I need to get back into that and practicing uh, practicing harmonica. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. You know, been been trying to get get back, maybe get a little bit more routine going again. Yeah. Well, with, and this is that. the this is the time of year that like some of those hobbies or things that we've kind of fallen off on like seem enticing and feel exciting again. Like as goofy as spring cleaning feels, and you know, as silly as it feels to be like, oh, it's over fifty degrees, I'm ready to like live my life again. Sometimes you just have to take it and just. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for Let sure. It, you know, sure. if you can take any sort of current through the the rapids, take the current. Yeah, by mid January, yeah, I do kind of like give up on doing everything. I'm just like, oh, I can't, I can't even think about yeah. functioning any longer. Yeah, I mean, going it, when that would be the perfect time to practice accordion. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, going going to see bluegrass in Virginia definitely got me back to being like, you know what, I need to put the capo on and just play along to some songs. Just yeah, do anything at all with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, well, it's like a hard thing to like practice instruments sometimes because it's like, uh, it, it is kind of tedious. And my, my harmonica teacher always said like, he doesn't really practice a lot because of that, he'll kind of like, he'll, he'll really only do it. Uh, like 10 minutes a day of like, it, but you know, I mean, he obviously plays like every day mm-hmm. um, and he probably does other things that you would consider practice because he's a professional musician. Uh, you know, he, he spends a lot of time working on material and like learning material he's supposed to be performing. But, you know, he, he says like actually, you know, working on a, uh, on, on techniques or scales or whatever, he really only spends about 10 minutes a day. So, that's kind of what I'm aiming for yeah. is, is try to hit like 20 minutes a day or so uh, yeah, of, I mean, of working through the book and shit and then, and then letting it slowly progress. Yeah. That's always like we, my, my grad school mentor always was into that. Like as far as like in education, psychology and homework, it's just like, if you, if you study for five minutes a day, every week or, or whatever, just like some like really ridiculously small amount of time, then that's like better than cramming for six hours <laughs> the night before. Oh yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. Sure. Like it's just about slowly, slowly pushing it into your brain until well, it feels and natural. I feel like that's the other thing that's always difficult. Uh, like learning instruments, like when, especially when you're an adult, uh, is like, it, like I, like it's just, I want to get to the point that I can just, like f 
effortlessly do things yeah. or not effortlessly, but you know, you're not like spending so much time, like figuring out everything as you're doing it. And you can just kind of like express yourself freely with it. And that's always what kind of ends up slowing me down is I'm like, Oh, like I can't just like do this at like a lower, it's always like a very, uh, focused and applied yeah. thing. I mean, other than harmonica, I can, I can buck around on harmonica. Uh, yeah, and we, but, uh, and we talked about that yeah. before, especially like in the regards of music. Like the the hard thing with music again is just that like <laughs> you can listen to people that are virtuosos easily all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then whenever you do anything, it's just like what the why why can't I do that? It's like because yeah. the person you're listening to, that was all they liked. That was all they had through <laughs> through their sad sorrows and sadness and their fam familial yeah. crises and whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's always what kind of gets me uh, off the guitar. Is it's like I'm like, man, uh, I just I just wish I could noodle and I can't and I can't figure out anyone to teach me how to just be a noodler. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh. And, uh, so then I'll just be kind of bored with it. Uh, yeah. Plus it just, it takes, you know, you gotta like plug it in and all that shit. Like it's just so, so tedious. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like the Monica, I could just pick up off my desk and play it for five minutes and then just be done with it. Yeah. Uh, like, and kind of similar with the accordion is it quite, just doesn't, just doesn't require all that fucking setup. Like, so yeah, I I, I want to. I wish I could play the guitar, and I've tried probably four times in my life to get going on it, and it just never works out. So, yeah, it's um, oh, like I, I always basically reject the idea that I'm when people are like, oh, you play guitar, I'm like, I reject that concept. <laughs> I have guitar, <laughs> I have guitars, and I play them, and like that's as that's as deep as that can be. Yeah. <laughs> that would never yeah, I would yeah. never conflate myself to be like a guitar player. Um Right, like I can never I like I could learn like that's the thing is I could like learn songs, but which is always weird because you know, you'll be like, I want to learn this song and you'll be like, Oh, then you'll realize like as you're doing it, like it's either way simpler, so it's kind of boring to learn the song, or it's like five different parts in the song and you can't play them all simultaneously and so then you're just kind of like uh well like i don't feel like i'm doing anything <laughs> like uh and and i don't and i can't play well enough to like kind of like add my own flourish or like yeah kind of arrange it into a way that if like a single guitar player was trying to like con convey this song or whatever uh, which is why I think like people end up learning like the same, the same kind of classics or whatever, you know, like the, the, uh, the say it ain't so's and whatnot <laughs> of the world. Yeah. You yeah, know, I mean, it's, it, yes. I think the hard, the hard thing is that like getting to the point where, you know, the fretboard and you know, the scales and you know, all the keys and somebody can be like, this is an E and I like, this is what you'll do in it. You like that's that's actually way harder to get to than than it seems like it should be because yeah. you're like what you need to know to be conversational and like order a sandwich in Paris <laughs> and speaking French. Yeah. It, like it somehow ends up being easier than trying to figure out like how do I show up to the jam and know 
how to exist inside this song um it's actually harder than it seems but also we've been listening to music forever like most of us so it's very difficult to get yeah and also reconcile why can't i understand that yeah yeah it's uh yeah i i remember always feeling like when i was you know like when i was in high school i played uh classical bass and uh i i was good enough to get i was in imea and that kind of stuff but like i never like felt like i knew what was i was just like reading you know what i mean like, so i never felt like yeah i was always like where is the part where like i uh and then i you know then you find out that's like a whole nother world uh and uh yeah it, it is weird that like i felt very trained at it but i never felt like yeah. i was in command of the instrument like, yeah, I was, it's, yeah it's it's very interesting that spending fifth grade through eighth grade taking band and jazz band and all these different things and learning how to read sheet music and play a saxophone (laughs) did did not teach me music theory at all because at the end of the day your music teacher wants you to be able to play like some song that your parents can hear and say wow i knew what that was and that was the whole goal of band it wasn't to teach you how to do things it was to teach you how to like execute one band concert that justified the program <laughs> existing yeah. <laughs> yeah like obviously like and they, your parents still band, made fun of you they, too <laughs> they tried to like they tried to you know obviously jazz band they give you a little bit more freedom to like try and figure out those things but you know i never was very good at it uh yeah so so yeah, so we'll see how the accordion goes. I'm kind of, I kind of just want to be able to play like some songs that sound, you know. I, I'm just kind of, I'm just taking it as it is. Like they, uh, I bought this, I bought this series because they do kind of eventually get. To, I know, like in the later books, they kind of like teach you to like, uh, you know, like I, I got it specifically because I was playing um, at the blues jams a lot, and like it was the one thing I could find that kind of like taught uh blues accordion uh so there's this guy um cedric watson that i really like uh he's a multi-instrumentalist he's kind of in the mold of uh dom flemings if you know dom flemings uh but he's uh he's like a louisiana uh uh player and he plays fiddle and accordion and Mm -hmm. i think banjo Um, i know uh i know um uh chubby carrier yeah yeah so that's the other thing about the accordion is like many people play the piano accordion and i play the button accordion Mm so um so it's harder yeah so like yeah i can play blues on a piano accordion very easily because it has all the notes uh but but do you you know how to play who stole the hot sauce no no i don't know yeah (laughs) that's what that's what i know because i saw him play in in the lake of the ozarks at some like triple did some triple decker bar um and his the guy he's awesome i I mean zydeco is very fun honestly but the uh Um, the guy who was really getting it in was the guy who um played the washboard um because he kept putting it on all the wives oh yeah at the at the the event and letting them play it and then you know milking that as to the degree that he could well i mean he probably wasn't getting paid very much no no (laughs) i don't know what you get paid to work in a fucking inlet of the ozarks but anyway continue um but yeah yeah so he does a lot of interesting stuff 
uh, he's kind of expanded from like folk roots into his own style. Um, so that kind of inspired me to want to learn that. So um, obviously the difference between playing like blues on the harmonica and blues on the button accordion is that you can't bend notes on an accordion. I kind of wanted to learn the instrument uh, and like get comfortable with with it and then figure out, you know, some of his stuff. Uh, what's his face? The country guy, um, Willie Carlisle. He plays a button accordion too, and he has interesting stuff. So hmm. figure, I figured like once I kind of get a foundation, maybe I can, you know, cause my ear has improved a lot, uh, like since learning harmonica. So, uh, you know, I could, I, I would feel comfortable if I was like knew my way around the instrument to like listen to somebody else play and then, uh, figure out what they were doing. Right. Once I'm familiar with the instrument, I'm not going to go like full JD crow where he has a sister, like holding your finger on the record player so he can learn Earl Scruggs by ear. Like, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, like yeah. I do feel comfortable that like, I am familiar with a couple people doing cool stuff with it that like, if I get a foundation, like, hey, that's probably, that's kind of my goal. Um, people love it. Like people knew that I played it a little bit. Um, and I've already had, multiple times people ask if i can play it for like a mardi gras celebration or whatever you know oh, party, like stuff like that do they want so you to it's play like, who, um uh mama's got a squeeze box pro- probably yeah, which okay. is why i have to tell them no also because i can't really play accordion <laughs> so, <laughs> uh like i was like yeah like no I, when i say like i play it i mean like i've like I know what the keys do and stuff, but I'm not like, I certainly could not come and perform on the instrument. Yeah, uh, that's fair. So yeah, but like, I think it would just, you know, it would be cool to have it um, in the repertoire for, you know, the mythical band that I eventually join someday. Yeah. Are you um, still, are you going to bring harmon? Are you going to bring uh, the harmonica and the according to jam music or what's up? Well, that would be, you know, that would be sweet. Yeah. It would be nice maybe to even, I, you know, I know that there's people doing country music and stuff around here. So find someone doing that. Um, one of it, like, I feel like between those two instruments, somebody wants one, you know, for their, for their band or both even. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to put my head down on it and, and see what happens. Nice. Nice. Yeah. But I've mostly just been doing just been painting warhammer figures lately um it's been great it's very satisfying i got the ne- i got the nephew yeah. into it um we bought him some space marines i taught him how to glue them nice. together um let him paint a grot an orc grot so he's now on mm-hmm. his way um and then um unfortunately claire's father did pass um, in March, um, and that was very sad and s- somewhat sudden. And um, but um, her mom did give me his cameras that were in the house, so I I had some film cameras to shoot with. Um, and on the way home from Maryland, I stopped at the Frank Lloyd Wright Falling Water House and shot yeah. shot a roll of film. Um, on one of those old Nikons that he had. Um, so that was fun. Hopefully those turn out and I can send those to her, mm-hmm. her family and be like, here's, here's your dad's camera still going. Um, yeah. Did some shooting at um, some concerts and wrestling shows as well before that. So I need to get those developed and catch back up on that. Nice. But, 
But yeah, and then otherwise, uh, while I was in Maryland, I ran down to Luckett's to go and catch the bluegrass shows down there. Uh, it's like every Saturday mm-hmm. from October to April, there's a bluegrass show on Saturday night at, at Luckett's. And uh, enjoyed enjoyed that. That's got me back wanting to to pick the acoustic up and you know pick some Tony Rice licks and mm-hmm. pick back up on the on the bluegrass thing. So we'll get that going. And then I just got my room rearranged so that the sim racing rig is ready to go at all times. So I've got to get myself ready to get to the next level of oval racing so I can keep hearing all the gamer words from guys in Iowa who are mad that they got wrecked on the first lap of ARCA races. So ready to go, ready to catch back up, ready to get back into it. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah, I need need to upgrade my computer because I want to get back into it practicing, driving. I guess the only other thing I need to get, like I want to get back into this week is like, I just want to get baking going again. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Want some? Want to have a focaccia to have breakfast with and dinner with and sandwiches on? Just a nice treat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is always nice. Sarah's been baking a little bit of bread too. Nice. Yeah, um, yeah. It's always fun, and it's definitely something you never master. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Um, well, yeah. I guess on that uh, vein, we kind of briefly want to uh, discuss our topic. Um, and I was, uh, thinking about, uh, this, uh, because, of doing some bowling tournaments and doing, uh, the car racing, not, not to say that it was really out there at the car racing, but, uh, people who take their hobbies too seriously, uh, to the point that they get upset about it is kind of what I was thinking. Um, for instance, you know. Uh, bowling at the bowling tournaments, uh, you know, they're, they're, they have entry fees. They're usually not super high, uh, you know, no more than $50. But uh, you'll see a lot of people who show up, and the first game, if it doesn't go well, they pack it all up and leave, like in a huff. Oh, and it's like, and it's just kind of like, man, you know, uh, like, what were you thinking like do you think you win everyone do you like were you not expecting to just have a good time and possibly win like i just don't i don't i don't get it how you could uh kind of you know be doing something that you're supposed to enjoy uh and you know let's be real like you're not doing it at a very high level uh (laughs) most of the time yeah and like how like you know especially when things don't go my way when I'm bowling, you know, I just go have another beer and then. Yeah. I mean, it's, you can't, you can't be Bill Murray. You can't be Bill Murray and Kingpin and you're at like the countryside lanes. (laughs) Like I mean, I'm like $2 beer night. (laughs) That's the thing is, you know, yeah. A lot of the, a lot of people I bowl with are around scratch. Like uh, many of them, are are especially the tournaments above 200 averages and but it's like okay we're not even near the level of like where pros are like we're still bowling on the house shot which means uh which means like the way that the oil is laid out on the lane is uh it's pretty advantageous for high scores yeah uh 
like the pros bowl on oil patterns that make it difficult to keep the ball like where you want it to go and behave the way you want it to behave. And it's just like, man, like, you know, like, I think that's what a lot of it is, is I think a lot of people get really pissed off once they pop, once they've kind of realized that they've topped out or even not even necessarily topped out, but they're just not making the rapid progress that they're used to or thought that they should have. And they, instead of like, you know, taking a step back being like, okay, well, I'm doing something that I enjoy allegedly, uh, you know, part of bowling is, is not bowling very well. Like, you know, I take bowling seriously. Like I, I focus and try to do the right thing, you know? And when I don't do it, I, I do get a little frustrated with myself sometimes, but yeah. it's like, I just can't imagine like being so pissed off that you're like, that you're like, oh, well, this isn't even worth doing anymore. Last time I was in league, I hurt my wrist. And then sometime around then our, our two partners on our team stopped showing up. So then it just became a chore yeah. because it was like, I, my wrist hurts. Um, and I can't, my technique is off because my wrist is destroyed. But then also like now I'm like recruiting people to like come and join. And there were times in there where there were some weeks where it was just like, well, this was a good time, but like not as good of a time as it could have been because I had to like text five people to find yeah, yeah, two yeah, people yeah. who could show up. But like, but like, why did you sign up to do that in the first place? What did you hope to achieve? And what you hope to achieve was like, wouldn't it be fun? Wouldn't it be nice? If there was one night in a yeah. week that was fun and it can be, it still right. can be. And, you know, I've been, I, <laughs> I played disc golf tournaments before where this guy was like throwing his bag into the trees and he was taking discs out of his bag and throwing the discs into the trees. And then on the 18th hole yeah. of the round, which, you know, if you're familiar with golf, it's the final hole. He hit the cage and his disc rolled down the hill like a hundred feet away. And instead of just like throwing two more shots, he picked his disc up and left. And it was just like, why the fuck are you here? Like you paid to play this disc golf tournament and you clearly suck, but like, yeah. <laughs> this is your problem and not our problem. Like, don't make me, my thing is this, like, you know, like don't make me tell you as another adult that you're, you're ruining people's night. Like you have to be within that yourself. Yeah. But the first person whose night you're ruining is your own. It's your own day. You're like wasting yeah. your own time to be that emotional about this this thing. And and at the end of the day, it's it's always what am I here for? I'm here to have fun and enjoy this. And if you're not having fun, then it's like okay, you need to start mitigating ruining other people's day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like. It's like, and that, that's even the thing is, you know, I mean, even la last week I had a really bad performance, like, like very, very sub my ability. And, you know, I certainly wasn't happy about it, but Sarah was bowling incredibly well. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, like if I had been a baby about it, like I would have certainly ruined, she, she might not even want to go bowling anymore right, if I had ruined right, her you right. know, night being a fucking dickhead. Yeah, And it's like, most of the time, I will say though, too, most of the time, probably about 90% of the time, when things start going bad, you just have, like, I'll take a step back and be like, you know what? 
I just have to forget that that happened. And at the very least, I can come back and perform at least as well as I expected or better even. And that's at least something, you know what I mean? And if I get, if you get fussy or down on yourself and pissy about it, it's like, well, okay, then like, why even do it? Like if, if it makes you miserable, like if, if, if you're like, I used to be like that when I played golf in high school, I would get really hard on myself when things would go bad and I quit. I just quit playing. And then when I came back to it, I was like, okay, well, you know, you're doing this cause you're having fun. And you guess, guess what? I'm much fucking better at golf now. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, like, I mean the, the, it, with anything competitive at that level, um, even at the level, like, in, like not even at like, oh, I'm at a professional level, at like a competitive level at all. You need to be able to have the mental game. And it's like everybody acts like it's just golf. And I think the only reason they do that is because it's just like rich guys who went to Ivy League schools think that they play golf. And like, oh, golf is the mental game. It's just like any fucking like basketball is a mental game. Football is a mental game. Anything is a mental game because like you're your brain is the ECU that makes your body work. Like you can't do any level of anything without having a mental game to it. Like that's insane, stupid. Mm -hmm. And like, I realized that that's why I liked bowling and that's why I liked disc golf and golf and things like that is because it's like, it's an individual competition. Like you are, the first thing you have to do is not beat the other person. It's you have to like figure out how to get yourself ready to do the thing and ground yourself and get yourself to practice and get yourself to realize like, Hey, if I keep making mistakes, those are correctable. And that's the focus. Isn't that I'm failing. It's that I need, like there's something I can do to fix that. Or like, well, how do I get through that? What do I need to do? Mm -hmm. And like the, the first disc golf tournament that I ever shot par at was Mm -hmm. in Knoxville, Tennessee. And the round was, I was shot par because I, felt myself feel anxious and doubt myself. And I just stepped off the tee pad and I would take a breath mm-hmm. and clear my mind and go, you know what? I can throw this across this pond. It's not that far. Yeah. And then guess what would happen? I would throw it across the pond. Yeah. And that was, as, that's as simple as all these things are is just giving yourself belief and visualizing and visualizations, a big thing and like performance um, psychology, yeah. visualization of succeeding and doing different things like that. And so I would do that in bowling and I would do that in different things. And like so much of it is really simple. Like you look at the pin you want to hit, you try to line your body up to where your, your throwing motion is going to put the ball there. And if you're not on some crazy irregular pattern that only so many people in the world know, then the ball's probably mm-hmm. going to get there because that's the, how the game is built. yeah but you have to be able to you do have to be able to to calm yourself down um and yeah i think it's just yeah it's just kind of just a lot of people just fear failure when they experience it it's like just such a it's just it it, it just makes them feel so bad and like it is a little different when you're doing things you, you know that are individual compared to like with a group of people um because when you're doing it with a group of people, you can blame them. Uh, is what I usually do. Yeah. But you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know it, it. No, it, but it is. Uh, it, it is like you do have to have humility to be good at things. And what when you're being angry at yourself, 
uh, you're not being humble. Like yeah. you, I mean, it's and it's it's you, not productive. You're, you're fearing, yeah. You're fearing, you're fearing the fact that like you have to change, and it's just this is the fact of fucking life is that like you have to take you have to take a different tack, even if even if something you did worked before and now it doesn't work, like you have to be like, okay, well, obviously something's different. <laughs> like, and I'm, I'm hesitant you know? to take a mind state approach, but like it, it really does speak to a, a mind state of like, if, if you bowling poorly on or performing poorly, whatever you're doing on April 5th, Wednesday night means that you can mm-hmm. never do it again then like what are you doing this thing for you like you you have that little belief in yourself that like tonight means anything like it's it's with anything else yeah. like it is you you have to be objective and mindfulness means a lot of things to a lot of people at this point but like you have to be mindful like tonight is tonight tomorrow is tomorrow um today yeah. is either the day that I'm the world champion or it's not and you move on it doesn't the answer doesn't really matter <laughs> the mm-hmm. at the end of the day the whole reason we're here is to talk to you about the things we do to keep ourselves waking up, the things we do to keep living, the things we do to try to be nice to the people in our lives we love, the things that help us mm-hmm. live life. That's the whole point of anything. You don't sign up yeah. for intramural sports, bowling league. You don't sign up for classes because you want to suffer. You sign up for them to feel joy and to live your life. Mm-hmm. And you can't take that from yourself because you treat yourself like a professional athlete. You're not at the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. You're not exactly. at the Olympics. And even those people should yeah. be nice to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Honestly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Uh, all right, well, uh, why don't we uh, get to our interview here we have with uh, our friend Maggie. Um, uh, let's just, uh, I guess, let's, let's hop into it. Maggie Hendricks. Maggie is fresh off a weekend at the women's NCAA tournament. Looks like working on some sewing right now. Um, Maggie, hello, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me on. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I am doing things right now. I'm making hexagons. So, oh wow, how many do you have to do? Uh, I believe for this project, I have to do eighty. I only have like twenty more left. Oh, okay. Well, that's not bad. That's a good. That's a good chunk of. That's a better chunk of the way through than I would have expected. Um, well, welcome, welcome back home. I'm sure you had a lot of travel this week um, covering the tournament. How was the tournament for you? It was. It was absolutely fantastic. I mean, we had three really, really good games, and then also like it seemed like everybody in the world was paying attention to those games, yeah. which is a fun thing in covering women's sports. Um, like mm-hmm. this, this moment has been coming for a while. A lot of people have been working on it for a while. Yeah. Um, so seeing it come to fruition has been really, really special. <clears throat> um, but also kind of hilarious when I see men who have clearly never watched women's basketball before mm-hmm. have opinions with the capital sure. O. You know, sure. but but that's fine. That's that's well, that yeah. means that they've they've that women's basketball has arrived that's where right. people who are totally uninformed have very. Uh, 
very irrational thoughts about it because that's <laughs> that's exactly where men's sports is. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. When <laughs> when Shaq is telling Keith Olbermann to shut the fuck up, you know, you know, it's made it. <laughs> well, um, that's awesome. Yeah, glad that um, glad that was enjoyable, and you know, I'm glad also that I mean, there's been so much talk this week of the tournament and people trying to <laughs> trying to have takes about it and making yeah, mistakes. Yeah, I haven't even, like seen anybody talking about the men's tournament. Basically, right? But the women's tournament has been all over. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, even up to Jill Biden. Um, what, what a time to be alive. Did, did you see she apologized? And then, <laughs> said she should. It's uh, insane. They said, then they said they're going to go see the Obamas instead. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Angel Reese said. Like, don't worry, Jill. We're going to go hang out with the Obamas. Oh, my God. That's Got funny. it. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Well, I mean, we were chatting a little bit beforehand, you know, on like the, the days of covering Wrigley um, and running through the stadium and being physically tired and the travel and everything related to tracking these things and commenting on these things and taking videos and, you know, filing and doing everything you have to do. We're here to talk about how do you how do you come back down? How do you get back in your space how do you put up with your husband <coughs> pete what you know how how do you keep you know on the grind and and rejuvenating yourself to be up for all this stuff i mean for me it's quilting and sewing is the big those are my two big outlets and uh and i also and i also cross stitch and it just basically fiber arts are my mm-hmm. go-to because they just occupy a different part of my brain. Sure. And I find that like you can't like that you always said that you always hear like you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. Getting to my sewing machine, making something for somebody I care about or for charity. Those are the things that like or for myself, that's what kind of fills up the cup for me when I'm having those moments where my brain is just there are no more words. So I need to yeah. do something that has nothing to do with words. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I even remember just from doing Southpaws, you know, it, it, like a lot of people like watching sports is a big outlet and doing things around it. And it 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 gets very, uh, it, it does like tire your brain down to like pay attention, especially when you have the ability to look at it like with a more critical lens sometimes. And it just, it, it, <clears throat> you know you start seeing it through as a business and it's like not as fun so it's always you know it it was hard for me to like even view watching sports as fun sometimes so it's kind of how i ended up in all these hobbies and then not even doing that job anymore (laughs) (laughs) well and it's and it's also emotionally tinged um you know and that's Mm -hmm. that's why i personally have got really into wrestling because it's like the the idea that the bad guy wins is the whole idea and the payoff is that he's some point he loses and it feels awesome and uh it feels different than that when you know justin fields throws an interception with two minutes left it feels different from that when the blackhawks cover up the whole shit that they covered up right like (laughs) it's like it's 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 more way more fun to watch somebody get dropped on their head and then be fine (laughs) 
and then get up and and have a whole skit all and, yeah around. yeah and do and do a rap on the way out yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> how <laughs> how did you get into to quilting and and sewing and cross stitching is that something that you had family members that did did you find it on your own yeah i found it i found it on my own um like i think it was it was it was 2014 because it's the summer i got married mm-hmm. i um mm-hmm. i had keep i kept seeing skirts yeah that i really liked that was and a big period for mod cloth right yes yeah they were more expensive than i wanted to pay it yep. bugged me i didn't feel yeah. like they were intricate enough for me to spend a lot of money yeah yeah so i was like you know what i think i'm gonna learn how to sew and there was mm-hmm. a store in chicago um on lincoln near by the trader joe's that uh called the needle shop mm-hmm. they had classes there so I took a learn to sew class and I loved it. So then I got a sewing machine and started and started learning from there. At that point I made one quilt and I made a quilt for my mom and it was based on a blanket that my grandma's best friend had crocheted for her. Oh wow. And and that when we were cleaning out my grandma's house my sister accidentally threw away. Oh no. Yeah, so I wanted to give my mom <laughs> of that blanket that she really wanted. So I I made a, a quilt because and at that time I was like, that's the only quilt I'm ever doing. I'm never doing it. <laughs> it just like at that point in my life, it was not satisfying. Mm-hmm. And then in 2020, after I started making a million masks, I was like, mm-hmm. I need to do something <laughs> meaningful with these scraps because. There, like this was a meaningful time. Obviously, every you know, I was making masks to try to be, keep people alive, and so I just felt like that needed to be something meaningful. So I was like, you know what, I'll try making a quilt out of that. And then whatever mm-hmm. it was that at this point in time, quilting then became my yeah. jam, and and I like joined the Chicago Modern Quilt Guild, and mm-hmm. I make like I just made Peter quilt. I made. I've made quilts for other family members mm-hmm. or the Project Linus group, which is um, we make handmade quilts for kids in the hospital oh, or like yeah. who are in social care, like a social agency care or um, and I've and I've also made quilts for friends who are going through it. Yeah. Um, like one friend when she had when she was going through a divorce, she and her daughter moved out and they moved to a very like sterile looking place a very nice place got everything from ikea and i was like they need something right right i remember so much of like going and having a sleepover downstate illinois was like somebody's parents would have the wooden rack with all the quilts on it and all the blankets that smelled like their weird house smell (laughs) and and i'm just like now i'm just like do people even have a house smell anymore i don't know like i feel like you have to you have to you have to have a house smell like what are you doing that's what the woke mob canceled smells yeah unfortunately Claire, claire and i have been for the past week trying to figure out why it smells like mall cologne like high school mall cologne right like there's like a like a 19 year old guy who didn't shower but put mall cologne on yeah. we've been like what the fuck and like our friend dan has been over and we were like did dan like spray cologne somewhere like and i figured he didn't because that's not really him but still i couldn't figure it out we just figured out today it was the candle that was sitting on top of the radiator oh, and then we were so- like why does this candle smell so bad like why did we buy it that was a week yeah. that was a week-long process of trying to figure out why there was a 19 year old sale yeah it, 
the the gifting part reminds me of i saw like that reddit thread or whatever where it was like uh, i can't remember if it was like an i am i the asshole or whatever but like someone like quilted made a quilt for like a wedding gift or whatever for somebody and they got like pissed off about it it was like it's like i got one from a friend for my wedding and you know it's like you know one of the more thoughtful things i've ever seen in my life yeah. like, yeah. I think some people just don't really get how much work it is to yeah. do. No, I I think that is that is absolutely true. People don't understand like they're like I had to cut every single piece of fabric <coughs> and then sew them all together and then sandwich it and then put it in together. It's like if I make you a quilt, it's because I love you. Like yeah. really, no <laughs> yeah. other word for it. So yeah, like, the the quilts that we got from Claire's parents last weekend or so are like Amish quilts that like we could probably sell for a decent chunk of money. Like they're exquisite, exquisite quilts, especially the one that just like Claire's mom accidentally just came up with the trans flag colors <laughs> on at some point, like before that was even a flag. Uh, it's kind of funny. I've been sleeping under that for the past two weeks, um, but just beautiful, exquisite Amish quilts. And it's just like, wow, people pay good money for these things. But and it, with Amish, that is all hand done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So but all the work. Whew. But what are you going to do? You're going to sell this to somebody who took out a PPP loan? You know, I mean, come on. <laughs> so, so you mentioned that you're like in a, in a club, like, uh, like, what is that? What is, there's a community I'm guessing around it. Like, I mean, I've seen the quilting shops and stuff mm-hmm. and I, you know, I've seen the, seen the people there. Like, what is that like? Um, so the Chicago, Chicago Modern Quilt Guild that I'm a member of, um, it's like, I think it's about a hundred people, mostly oh, wow. women, not all women, um, who, who make quilts. And we also have kind of like a shared sensibility about the world. So like yeah. everybody is welcome. We will donate quilts to trans charities, to LGBT, to black, to white. That's like a really important part of right. who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just this, like once a month we have a meeting, uh, at Rush Oak Park hospital. Um, and we all like, we may like learn something new about quilting, like why you should label mm-hmm. your quilts or like, um, someone shows how they're able to, uh, design their quilts on procreate, like things like that. Hmm. Um, and then a huge part of the meeting is also show and tell, where you come and you get to show, like, yeah. hey, I made this quilt. And and then there's also, like, a Facebook group where if, like, I, I when I was making Pete's quilt, there's a, there's a big curve in it because there's a big sun in it. Mm. Well, I I wasn't quite sure how exactly I should quilt it, so I asked a question in the Facebook group. And there are people there who have been quilting 50, 60 years. And they all give me, like, I got a bunch of advice on how to handle it. And it's just, it's just nice to have this community because like a lot of people, you learned how to quilt or sew from your mom and that's Mm -hmm. who you go to for the advice. Well, my mom couldn't thread a needle. Like she is not a crafty, sewy, quilty person. So like, I, I need somebody out there. And like, thankfully that's part of what this group gives me. Yeah. Yeah, everything mm-hmm. that I ever need re- needed repaired, it was like there was some someone at church <laughs> would would put would like you know cut the hole in my flannel to be a square and then patch it. There was always it always went off to somebody else. 
<laughs> yeah, and that like, and I am sure at your church there was always somebody like there was always some task that this person was like, okay, you have to make the banners for oh yeah for Sunday and all that yeah. stuff. Also, like that's a lot of creativity and joy for that person, mm-hmm. and a lot of yeah. hot glue, possibly. <laughs> a lot of Probably hot glue and felt yeah, no. going that, to Jeffrey Allen cool because <clears throat> because yeah, I feel like um like you know in this this modern modern age that we live in uh you, you know it, it's it's the, the greatest time to be able to get into a hobby like if you just decide you want to do something you can connect with people who yeah. do it all around the world but it is sometimes isolating uh when you're the only person you know that likes to do the thing that you do um so that, that's that's definitely like really important i feel like to that that there's people out there like yeah. kind of making this outreach yeah and yeah. i know and i know people have had a lot of different experiences like i know um one friend of ours in dc she's like the whatever like knitting group she's been in she's been like oh like these groups are actually like really toxic or you know like regionally like there can be <laughs> yeah. lots of different things so like for there to be a very um you know uh what i would say altruistic knitting group here in chicago i mean that's a great thing to to hear and to know and that's just midwest excellency honestly um (laughs) (laughs) that's right you can't see maggie's flexing but that's exactly (laughs) right (laughs) yeah that that, that does kind of remind me like when you were talking about the the quilting group it did remind me like i've been in bluegrass circles before and it does sound like it that there's like kind of a uh you know uh, I, I don't know a core of older people that are involved in it that like you said kind of gained it from a familiar like a familial yeah. uh tradition and now they know that like oh they have to just like find anybody who's interested in yeah. to like to keep it going and like that's always kind of nice because it's you know it's it's one of the only ways that i really get to meet these old people uh that have interesting things to say and do and uh it, it, this is like another I, f- I feel like that's kind of just like another way that things have started to evolve from where we used to be yeah i know the, there's a, a woman in the group uh who she's a retired cps teacher and uh mm-hmm. and she lo- just loves she's like in her 70s she just loves to share information and one of the things that mm-hmm. she does is she makes purses that go to a menstrual education program in zambia and so the Mm. one day i said you know donna maybe i'll make a purse or two she's like okay you're gonna cut what what is your work schedule like is it flexible i was like yeah he's off like all right you're gonna come out to the suburbs and you're gonna do this class with me you're gonna have a great time and i was like oh all right and i I always like if an authoritative older woman tells me what to do, I went to Catholic her in my blood. Does she do a does she drop a hun or a honey? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and she tells me what to, and so she's like, This is what you're doing. I'm like, okay. And I had like the most wonderful day. Yeah. With this group we made like something like twenty purses that are all going to Zambia to help girls stay in school. Because so they when they get their period, they don't just drop out of school. Like it's the most ridiculous, like, it's not ridiculous. It's, like, really cool that I can use this skill to make people's lives better. Mm-hmm. But it's also just, like, such a funny chain of how. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, I am so much of the belief where, you know, no matter what it is, whether it's 
cooking your own food, brewing your own beer, making your own quill, anything that you do with, with your own hands that you create or things where like we did like do like we do like a charity stream. People are always like, oh, my God, how did you do that? Wow, it's so wonderful that you did that. And you're like, it's literally just a matter of deciding you want to do it and doing it. Like every yeah. everything boils down to getting past not doing it to doing it. That's the whole thing. Like that's literally the the stages of change, the um, like self-determination theory, like everything in psychology about how do you do a behavior starts with you have to first decide you want to do it and stop mm-hmm. wanting to not do it. And that's the that's the whole point. You have to want to stop coughing before you can stop. <laughs> yeah. Hey, mute. No, that's good. I... Nice, nice touch. <laughs> Professional. <laughs> I need the Hawk Harrelson, the Hawk Harrelson cough button. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what Maz was telling me about quilting now, um, but <laughs> I, I, I think that's like a, a huge thing because like I am someone who's going to research everything to death online before sure. I do it. Sure. I'm going to read everything I can. I'm going to, I'm going to be that person. Mm-hmm. But then at some point you just kind of have to like cross the Rubicon. You have to yes. be like, do mm-hmm. it. And that yeah. can be so scary. Yeah. It was so scary. Like the yeah. first time I went to a quilt guild meeting, I was like, I don't know anybody here. I don't, what the heck? And then it ended up being like, everybody was super welcoming. And then yeah. it was like, oh, okay, I'm in the yeah. right place. Yeah. And that, and that, so that's like, there was, there's some like, you know, obviously bad faith, stupid post, but it's like, you know, all these masculine icons or these, you know, right-wing chuds, like, how do we get masculine people in the left, blah, 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 and it's like, shut the fuck up, like, we walked our dog down the alley once, and I, and I found out the old guy at the end of the alley goes to the forest preserve and steals seeds so he can, like, plant native plants in his backyard. He gave me a, he gave me a target bag full of milkweed pods so that we could try to get monarchs in our yard. Like, there are uncles everywhere i already posted this there are uncles everywhere there are aunts everywhere there are people that will take you under their wing and teach you how to do things they will show you things they will be normal to you if your family wasn't that good to you there are people that will be good to you because not everybody in the world is wounded and hurt and and willing to attack people like the challenge for this week i thought about this the challenge for this week is if you don't feel like you have people elders uncles grandfathers grandmothers you can go get them go to the store go talk to somebody go to the cafe go wherever in your town old people hang out i went to the bluegrass show with a man who's like in his 80s i met him at the at the visitation for claire's father and he said they used to go to bluegrass with them and i told claire's mom i was like give me his number i'll pick him up from the (laughs) from the you know retirement community i'll take him down there he ended up driving himself but I sat with him and I sat with the woman who used to MC the show and I listened to two 80-year-old people talk shit about everybody in the building and I had a blast. Awesome. I had a blast and I have two new I have two new best friends. Yeah. And, <laughs> and honestly, and this isn't just for <clears throat> people, this is for all of us. One of the most important things we can do to stay healthy as we age mm-hmm. is have community. Yes. It's so huge. Mm-hmm. And so as we continue to like it's important to have that community and have those those aunties and uncles and all of that kind of thing of people who who mm-hmm. won't talk shit about everybody in the building or or whatever mm-hmm. like whatever it is like it is important to know older people and I I will say mm-hmm. to you, listening to this I'll be forty four this summer I have four nieces and nephews I am 
a fantastic aunt. I'm very good at it. So if you're like, I need an aunt to tell, like, call, fine, DM me. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Great. What's, <laughs> your, you're older than what's, me, your, what's your Twitter account? Maggie Hendricks, all okay. one word, and it's CKS Hendricks. Aunt for, aunt for hire. You got it. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. I, I that was That's honestly why I think everybody just turned so psychopathic after the pandemic was because at least for me, it was a lot of like realizing that many people are not willing to like participate in community bonds yeah, and they don't view the world through that lens. Plus I was being denied getting to even try to have them, you know, uh, we had, we had just moved to North Carolina right when it started kind of, and, you know, we had finally started, meeting people and, and hanging out and, and doing stuff in the community. And, you know, when that ended, it, it, it broke my brain, Like it's still broken from it. And yeah, so it's, it's super important to just get out there and <clears throat> meet people uh, that are maybe, you know, not, not in the like Bethany Mendel, like make friends with Nazis way, but <laughs> you know, people are going to be different and have different experiences that they're pulling from and different outlooks. And it is important to like, just be chopping it up. Like yeah. you, you gotta be out there and it's always easier when, you know, you kind of have something shared to, to get with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you the joy, <clears throat> so, like this weekend, I'll be going to a quilt retreat at, it's just that oh. a, a, um, hotel near o'hare but <laughs> they're one of the most <laughs> relaxing places you can be <laughs> but like just being the whole thing of being in the same room as a bunch of other people making quilts just making mm-hmm. just making stuff and some of them aren't even <clears> making <throat> quilts, but just the joy of making in the room and saying to somebody do you like the way this looks should i change this like it's mm-hmm. it's just a delight and when you watch when you watch reality shows that that have making at the center, so like the Great Pottery mm-hmm. Throwdown or the Bake Off or any shows like that, yeah. I think what the things that people love the most, the people who are participants, is that they find they they're finding their tribe, they're finding their people that are like them, and say and mm-hmm. having the joy <clears throat> of making together, even though they're making something separate. Yeah, and and I think there's just such joy in an in instant bond when like if you're a woodworker or like you were talking about the quilt shops earlier i'll go to a quilt mm-hmm. shop and i'll find <clears throat> like 15 other people who are going to have opinions mm-hmm. on what fabric i should get yeah. you know or like i was in mm-hmm. london right before the pandemic i was in london and i was at the store called liberty which is like super high-end uh, department store, but they sell fabric there. And I've like dreamed of going there my whole life or at least mm-hmm. started sewing. And, <laughs> uh, and even just like talking to some British woman about sure. what yeah. fabric she should get put on a cushion. I mean, it's yeah. just, you just get those instant bonds and it's yeah. so, cool. yeah. And I, I think, I do think that's a funny thing, right. Where like, you know, um, it's like, since I got into like Warhammer, right? Like when you go into like a store that sells that stuff, you're like, oh my God, am I going to get to talk to the one person in the world who actually will listen to me talk about this bullshit? And, you know, and, and I, I'm, I'm aware enough to know the person in there is just trying to like make their, you know, $12 an hour or whatever. 
and it's Saturday and they wish they were at home watching Netflix or whatnot. But, you know, I'm just like, if, just let me say a couple things. It's all yeah. I ask. It's just like Claire doesn't want to hear it. Nobody else wants to hear me talk about orcs. <laughs> I'm in I'm in Warhammer DM. Don't <clears throat> listen to me talk about orcs. But like I need to say it to one person who can who can accept it. And I think like through that, it's like to me, like the only reason I like, I mean, obviously, like I I'm, need a job right now <laughs> and need some income. But like the only reason I want to be able to make money is because it would be like, what if we could do something like rent the hideout for a night and have just a general hobby meeting and try to bring in a bunch of people and go pick up a bunch of old people from the retirement community and just, you know, like what, like what if we could just get a general thing and just be like, you do a thing, you do you quilt, do you tie dye, do you play with cars? What do you do? Like set up a table and like tell people how to get involved, like try to get people to do it. Right. Like it's just, it's, it's community, right? Yeah. We need some capital. That's to me, but I think that's the whole thing is it's like, it is about bringing together community and bringing people together. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we've got the discord and we've got a bunch of people in there talking about different stuff and, you know, and getting started and things, but well, for everybody. Yeah. It's funny that, so, uh, there's like a million events around the women's final four that happened. And I was at a brunch Mm -hmm. on the Saturday, um, and one of the things that was happening at the brunch is that there was a painter there and he had a big canvas and he was he was painting while the brunch was going on. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, painting was sold to benefit some charity. I can't remember which one. Um, mm-hmm. But it was so cool to talk to him after the painting was done just about the joy of making and creating. Yeah. And now we have yeah. we do totally different things. And this dude's a professional and incredibly just does incredible stuff. But just to talk to anybody else about the joy of using your hands to create something. And like you said, with the mm-hmm. time, like you put the work in and then it, a couple hours later, you're done with it. And it's like, oh, look at this cool shit I had, you know, like mm-hmm. that, it doesn't even matter necessarily <clears throat> what your thing is, as long as it's a thing yeah. that you share in common. Well, I think, yeah, that that's like the important part is that I think a lot of people, their hobbies are very passive like they're very into sports or they're very into watching marvel movies or stuff like that and it's like well that's only going to get you so far because like you don't have anything to show for it you know and and it's just like less yeah it's it it doesn't require any input from you it doesn't take any vulnerability it doesn't take any so I, any to, practice to any like skill. carry it into like scientific terms, like in psychology, like in undergrad, the thing that we studied in my lab was self-esteem, right? Like the big joke of the 90s, self-esteem. You can't change people's self-esteem. You can't make them feel better about themselves. You just can't do it. You can tell somebody, hey, you, you, you know, you're great. We love you, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything. But what does matter is you can have people think about success that they've had, things that they've accomplished. And they will feel better about themselves by remembering that they have succeeded before and they have accomplished and done things before. And through that, like getting through all of lost doesn't make you feel accomplished. Like you're like, thank God I'm done with that. But like when I'm binge watching TV, it's like depressing and it just feels like I have to finish this. It feels like eating like a Burger King Whopper. Like I have to finish this and it's good enough. But like, 
there's nothing inherently good about finishing this. But when you make something and you finish something and you do something, you feel good about it. Yeah. And that's 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 the whole thing is that you have to you like we're we're not out here to talk shit about hobbies that are passive, but we are here to say that like it is scientifically proven through research that doing things and accomplishing things makes you feel good, whether it's doing the dishes or doing finishing a quilt or doing whatever. Like you have to do things. You have to. You don't yeah, really have I, a choice. I did an article a few years back. I was after the 2016 Olympics where I talked to a bunch of um, different track athletes and it was all women. Mm-hmm. And I asked them like, cause especially like the sprinters, when you see them come out, they just look like, yeah, I'm going to win this race. I'm going to kick everybody's ass. Even the ones who know they're not, but still mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. that <clears throat> I asked them like, where do you get the confidence to do this? Every single one of them gave me some sort of the same response that it was from their preparation, that it was from the workouts Mm -hmm. they had done, and that the workouts they had done were so much harder than any race they were ever going to run, so they knew they were going to be fine and be able to go out there and do their best. And I think about that, those discussions all the time, whenever I'm like, whatever I'm preparing for, I think about, like, if I'm going to shirk on it in any way, I'm like, but you know exactly what Allison Phoenix and Eric Felix and Emma Coburn told you. So you need to get your ass up. And- <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily, luckily most of us are competing against our job and our depression yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just need, and just need to keep, keep going and keep getting out of bed and doing what we yeah, need I'm to not- do. Thank, thank God we're not on that level of competitive nature, but I think your story of how you got into quilting, I think summarizes it very well. It, you saw, you knew something that existed in your world and you wanted to recreate it. And the challenge to yourself was to recreate it. And it was hard and it sucked. And you actually didn't enjoy that because it, it's, you know, chest and Mahali flow, right? Like the, the X axis is ability and the Y axis is difficulty or the other way, whichever, it doesn't matter. But there's a, place where the challenge and the diff and the skill that you have line up and there's a place where it doesn't and when you're not challenged you're bored and where it's above your ability you're stressed out Mm -hmm. and that's the way that it works but once you get through accomplishing one thing by the time you come back you you know what to avoid like it's the amount of learning and that's why i love finding new hobbies is because the the most addicting thing in hobby is that point where you figure out what the things you didn't know are. And then right. the second time you try to do it, you know what to not do. Right. And that's that's when then you go like, huh, what if I uh, what if I did this element I don't know how to do? What if I took on this thing that's just beyond my reach? How do I get that? How do I get enough confidence from other people to do that? And that's that's being a hobbyist is trying to stretch your ability <laughs> and trying to stretch and trying to avoid the boredom piece right really yeah and like like can is there a class out there is there a youtube is there a youtube uh tutorial that'll teach me let me tell you something about sewing and quilting anything i want to do i can usually find a youtube tutorial from a woman with a very kind probably midwestern accent Mm. and i just (laughs) see her hands as she does it and it's very soothing 
and she always has like the best manicure and a giant diamond ring. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> always a different woman, but it's the same woman, you yeah. know? And I just, I, I love that. Like, I know I can count on that from the, like people I'll never meet from the sewing and clothing community. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 Shout out Mr. Tie-Dye. Thanks for all the tie-dye tips. See? Yeah. <laughs> people. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, been learning to weld and yeah it's <clears throat> i didn't take a class on it. i yeah. just watched a couple guys be like yeah like you just fiddle the knob around and then eventually it looks like this and then that means it's right well, <laughs> it, it's it's i think that the important piece is that like you learn a lot more from failing than succeeding in most of these things like you're if you go out and you execute the perfect quilt round one you don't really learn anything you're just like oh i can just do whatever i want but if you make a bunch of mistakes it's like you might waste 20 hours of your life but you're gonna do that anyway yeah and it's it's not a waste because <laughs> you're learning exactly like, it's easy it's, to say but it's true yeah you keep waking up and getting more time it's the the idea of time being precious is so silly it's so silly we just keep the next week it'll be wednesday again like, who fucking cares? <laughs> well, um, yeah. Maggie, thank you for joining mm -hmm. and jumping in and telling yes, us. Thank you, Maggie. You know, your your experience and how this has worked for you. Very excited to see what comes. Um, also, if there is anything from any of the groups you're working with, share that to us so we can share that out to people if they think that sounds cool and they can contribute anything to that or if they want to get involved in quilting and find some community in chicago yeah, we can totally. help you out with that um also don't miss out on the chance to get a new aunt yeah call me i'm here well dm you said dm DM. Oh, yeah. yeah you don't want to you don't want to get a phone call you yeah, just put, elect, <laughs> the election season just ended the last thing you want is more phone calls <laughs> no more i don't just I, get well, the I, answer. I was thinking you're yeah, kidding for me that's fair anything that you have to <laughs> have to plug or have to say i mean just follow me on twitter and instagram i'm at maggie hendrix mm -hmm. and that's really it nothing okay nothing has, has Pete been good this week he has like literally right now i smell dinner that he's cooking for me oh that's he's good cooking. this is three days in a row he's cooked me amazing dinners so oh, wonderful well you haven't well, had it yet you don't know it's amazing what a nice Pete. <laughs> what a nice Pete. what a very nice jayhawk he is well, thank you so much, everybody. Thanks for joining. Uh, and we hope that you have a good week. Um, and we hope that Pete doesn't find anything to bid on on Bring a Trailer this week. Oh, <laughs> do you know Do you know about the bit where I just go and Photoshop every time somebody shares a stupid car in car chat, I just go and Photoshop it onto Pete's profile that he's bid on it? <laughs> he probably will want to. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a good bit. I probably won't stop doing it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Great yes, to meet you. you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, See guys. See you, perverts. Bye.